0: This episode has content surrounding sexual violence that may be alarming to some listeners. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions before listening,
1: and always take care of yourself.
0: Is it yeah. mm-hmm. What are we doing for a little intro? A little banter. Oh, God. Hey, y'all. I'm Kat. I'm Eiji. Welcome back to Luck Supporting Survivors. So, so listen, guys. Um... We just talked for too long. We, we talked did. about the randomest things for too long, so we had to cut it. And now and now we're serious, and now we're going to get into what we're talking about today.
1: Which is actually really serious, so... Yes.
0: We'll be fine. Yeah. All right, so
1: this episode is about the challenges that come with being a survivor. Um, and the reason that we want to talk about this, I think that like on a surface level, most people understand like generally why it would be hard, but there are a lot of things about it that you just truly can't understand until you understand. Like, you don't get it till you get it, you know? So we kind of want to dive into that so that we can give allies the best possible understanding of survivors as they can have, so that they can be the best allies that they can be. So this episode is about those challenges, kind of understanding what survivors face in the wake of trauma and giving people who don't understand it from A first-hand perspective like survivors do um, a little bit of a deeper understanding.
0: Yeah exactly so before we jump into this we do want to give um, a disclaimer that none of these experiences are universal a lot of things we're going to talk about are just maybe common experiences or um, experiences that are like known to occur and if this isn't your experience or this isn't an experience that you're familiar with or anything like that um, just know that none of these are universal and every survivor is entitled to their own tale and how they don't, how they feel about all of these different things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So diving into challenges straight off the bat in the wake of trauma finding resources is really really hard because to be candid the system wasn't designed for survivors. Absolutely not. It wasn't designed with them in mind. So like straight off the bat you're getting medical assistance and if you're getting it from somebody who's trained to t- handle survivors, that's amazing, but a lot of times that's not the case because like I said, this is not designed for them. So a lot of times that medical treatment is like re-traumatizing because you've just been through this incredibly difficult thing and then if you're getting a rape kit done, they have to like re-violate you essentially. like redo everything that you've just been through, try and get all this like DNA, everything like that. So you've just gone through this horrible thing and like you kind of have to relive it immediately after. That's if you get medical treatment
0: and a ton of people don't. And like, let's say you go through like a rape kit, the chance chance that you get your results back like in a timely manner.
1: Exactly, so that's the next challenge that we move into is when it comes to legal assistance, the delay is huge. So with rape kits, the backup can be more than 10 years. So say, like I'm 21 right now, if I went through a rape right now and got a rape kit, it would be possible that I like, wouldn't even get that kit tested until I'm 33. That's when my trial would start. That's when everything would happen. And like, talk about re traumatizing. Like, my whole life is different when I'm right. 33. I'm living in a whole different world, and I'm going to have to go through everything again, which is going to be the case if you're pursuing legal charges anyway. Whether your case is tomorrow or in 10 years, you're going to have to relive everything in the courtroom. Right. In a really vulnerable and like detail specific way. They like, great right. make you share everything in the courtroom that you're capable of sharing. So like the legal system wasn't designed for survivors. That court case can often be re-traumatizing. It takes ages. Um, I think the legal system is definitely somewhere where we see a lot of challenges because like straight off the bat, a lot of survivors can't press charges even if they want to. Even if you do press charges, there's no guarantee that your perpetrator will be found guilty. And even if the perpetrator is found guilty, then the chance that they go to prison for a significant amount of time is pretty low. Um, The example that we use all the time is the Brock Turner rape trial with Chanel Miller, which was really, really public, and that was a big part of why a guilty verdict was found. So he was found guilty of raping her and got a six-month prison sentence and was out in three. So guilty of rape, but three months in prison. And that's like one of the best case scenarios. Like that happens to a ton of people, they go through that whole trial and then the perpetrator is found innocent. So there's a ton of different levels to the challenges that people are facing. And like I've said, I think a lot of people who aren't survivors know all of these issues. Like in the back of their mind, if they thought about it, they would realize all of this, but like actually sitting down and thinking about each level of these issues and how difficult it must be for a survivor and really trying to put
0: yourself in their shoes is is a whole different beast entirely. Right. And so and so kind of going off of that is when you, you talk about re-traumatizing a survivor, you talk about these delays and legal assistance. And when and when you talk about all of that, another thing that is really, really common with survivors is after after their experience they can really struggle with different bouts of um, Kind of negative mental health bad mental health and that can that can range from depression anxiety PTSD to you know and literally anything else but you know with that in mind mental health assistance is really necessary for these survivors whether that's in terms of therapy or medication or anything else that might involve, but it's so difficult to maybe find these resources especially long-term especially long-term and especially as a survivor trying to explain why you need help but Mm -hmm. maybe not wanting to go into the and go into your experience it can be really hard and that also can be really re-traumatizing
1: yeah i think that's like another challenge that we didn't even intend to get into but has come up is this idea of like feeling like people feel like they're owed your story. Like if you say something happened to me, they like don't believe you unless you give them all the details or they like need to know specifically what happened in order to like give you a certain amount of help. And I think that that sort of like the expectation that you're gonna have to share your story all the time or even some level of it is also really tough because you're talking I mean, even talking about it on the, on the smallest level is really tough for a lot of survivors. So I think that sort of like the expectation to share that comes yeah. with being a survivor a lot is also really tough. And that kind of leads us into to the next like large challenge. So all those first things that we've talked about are the challenges of finding resources. So medical assistance, legal assistance, mental health assistance, it's a really under-resourced field, and those resources are really hard to find for survivors. But the next big challenge that we want to bring up is the idea that survivors are different in the wake of trauma. Like, who mm-hmm. you are is different now, um, which is something that, like I said, like people don't understand until you understand.
0: Mm-hmm. So one of these ways is kind of involving mental and physical well-being. Um, we kind of, we just talked about, you know, mental health assistance, long-term mental health, and how your mental health can really be severely impacted um, by by a trauma, by a negative experience, something like that. And so that's that's a big change. That's something that can, you know, depending on the severity, can really limit your day-to-day activities. It can really, it can really change your, it can change your relationships. It can change your your outlook on life, it can change your, um, maybe like your your work schedule, it can change. What you're comfortable with, your right. capabilities,
1: everything.
0: How you approach situations. Yeah,
1: yeah, there are a ton of changes that come with it. And you touched on this a little bit, but relationships being altered is a huge one. Um, in the wake of trauma, a survivor is different. And so those relationships that they had beforehand and the way that they were able to function in them are often really different and even though people do their best to be understanding, it is really hard for them to understand why a person may be different. So you're like struggling with all of these different things and then these relationships that you really feel like you need to lean on, there's also often tension there as well because it's hard for this person to understand what it is that you're experiencing. So, I mean, yeah, just on like every level, things are different, but like you feel different, you feel like you're changed, but the world isn't changing
0: everything right. is still happening no exactly and like okay we're let's all take a second and this is something that I I was thinking about the other day and it really it really puts things in perspective. So like pretend you are you're in the body of a survivor. you are in the aftermath of a traumatic experience and in terms of medical assistance, you maybe don't have the transportation you need maybe you don't have, a hospital close enough that can do a rape kit on you. Maybe you don't have a place that has the supplies for you. Maybe you go and you get medical assistance and it's incredibly re-traumatizing and it's terrible for your mental health, okay? You have all of that. And maybe you maybe you, you aren't re-traumatized, but your mental health is kind of suffering and you try and you go to a psychiatrist or a therapist and you try and get medication and then that's re-traumatizing. Or maybe you can't obtain that medication. And then on the complete legal side, is maybe you don't have that rape kit maybe you maybe it's delayed maybe you can't get a good lawyer maybe no one is believing you all of these different things and then on top of changes in your personal lives and then realizing you have to do that you have to still go to work you have to still take care of your kids you have to you have to get gas in your car you have to feed yourself you have to you know talk with your significant other you have to go make money you have to you know be an active part of community of the community. You have to continue living your life dealing with all of these different things at one time,
1: and yeah, it the really world is doesn't like,
0: stop. It doesn't stop. Things don't stop. And it just it's just overwhelming sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're different now, but the world is the same. Things right. still happen every day the way that they did before. Um and I like that you like put it in perspective like that. I think mm-hmm. that's a good way to do it. Is like sit down and think about like the practicalities of what that must be like to have all of those changes happen to you, and yet everything is the same.
0: Right. Yeah. Like still having people who depend on you mm-hmm. when it's like, can you depend on yourself? Yeah. 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 Crazy.
1: So, the third big challenge that we want to highlight is the stigma that comes with being a survivor. So a huge part of of being a survivor is knowing that a lot of the time you won't be believed. So unless people have, like, physical or photographic evidence, a lot of times people aren't going to believe that they're telling the truth. They'll be accused of making it up. Frankly, even if you have that physical or photographic evidence, you'll still probably be accused right, right. of your story not being true. Um, and even if people do think that your story is true, they're going to be like, well, but, like, you were wearing that dress, or, like, you did have that third drink, you know, like,
0: or that makeup makes you look a lot older than you are, and you sure
1: you didn't, like, even give him any hint that maybe you wanted it, you know, like, even though, like, like, people might not believe you at all, even the people who believe you, there's probably going to be some level some level of blame there which leads us into our next thing this concept of self-blaming which i think is a huge huge thing i have never in my life met a survivor who didn't feel some level of guilt for what happened to them because they feel like if they had just done something differently it wouldn't have happened like if i had just done this one thing it was a little like I think it's so easy for survivors to look at someone else's experience and be like, oh my God, that was not your fault. Are you kidding me? Right. Of course that was not your fault. But when it comes to themselves, it seems like it was a little bit your fault. You could have done something differently, maybe. And like, it seems crazy to think about that in terms of other survivors, but in every experience that I've had, every survivor looking at themselves feels a little bit of that guilt and that self-blaming, which I think is a really tough, part of it. So you're, like, maybe at that point you're even struggling to believe yourself and count yourself as a victim. Um, And then even if bringing it back to this, even if you tell someone and they believe you 100%, they're 100% behind you, it's still really tough to have to share that story. I mean, that's something that for the rest of your life is a story that you're going to have to share, at least at some points. Like, I feel like I've hit like 800 different challenges and we've been talking for 10 minutes, you know? It's just like there's so many levels of difficulty
0: to (coughs) get. Yeah, so our our fourth topic, I guess, our fourth big challenge we are gonna talk about is survivors not really having other people who can understand, and this can be a really this can be really difficult for survivors because like, of course you don't want to have someone who understands what you've been through. You know, it's a terrible, terrible experience and you don't want that. But at the same time, not having anyone who, who understands how traumatic the experience was or no one who understands why you don't feel comfortable going to a certain place or doing a certain thing, you know, it can be really alienating. And I think that, isn't maybe, like, a temporary isolation, you know? That can go on for for a really, really long time because it can be really hard to find others who who understand you in that way.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, even the people who who understand to the best of their ability, like we've said, there are things you can't get until you're a right. survivor. exactly. Even if, like, you have someone in your life who is so supportive and they're there for you every single step of the way, there are things you don't get until you get it. And I think that is a really alienating thing to know that like sometimes you are entirely alone in this thing that happened to you and then maybe finding someone who understands who've been through something similar and then you kind of feel bad for sharing that experience with them because you know that they've also been through a right. terrible thing. You don't want them to understand. Right, exactly. There's so many levels to it. Like I feel like the survivors I've talked to are like constantly working through these different levels of guilt over something that like I mean this so sincerely. They should feel absolutely zero guilt about it. No, exactly. We talk a lot about taking away the shame that comes with being a survivor of sexual violence and putting that shame back onto the perpetrator where it should be. And I think there's so much shame associated with being a survivor that, that shouldn't be there. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do at Lux is dismantling that stigma around being a survivor, but not dismantling the stigma around sexual violence and committing it.
0: Exactly exactly very well worded so that kind of wraps up our our challenges that kind of wraps up like the big the big bulk of the episode but But there's so many other challenges there's so many other challenges that we don't even have the time to get into and we've just scratched the surface of these i mean tip of the
1: iceberg if you were uncomfortable listening to this episode as an ally thinking about all these things imagine what it must feel like to live this every day and how difficult that must be and try to put yourself in the shoes of a survivor because i think that's one of the most helpful things that you can do is as much as you can to try and empathize with them right um so like doing your absolute best to to give them the most understanding that that you possibly can and hopefully this episode was helpful with that but like we said by no means does this cover all the challenges that survivors face
0: yeah so on top of all of that, if you guys really are really wanting to be like, oh my gosh, how do I engage with survivors better? How can I be a better ally? Which we definitely recommend. Which you should definitely do. Um, 100%. Uh, we have that. We have a big, big source on our website at www.luxresources.org slash four dash allies. It'll be in our show notes um, because I, I know what I just said was a really long URL, but you should definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, we have a ton of resources on our website for the best way to be an ally um, and trying to give you that education so that you know how to interact best with survivors. And we definitely recommend checking all that out. But there's also another really interesting book
0: that if you're interested in reading, we think is a really good resource for allies. Yeah, so it's called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, my mom actually told me about it, which is great, um, and it's going to be in our show notes, and you can get all that information there. But it's pretty much it's it's a really it's a really insightful book um, for survivors of trauma, and even for people who aren't survivors of trauma, just really kind of understanding how trauma reshapes the body and the brain and the mind and all of that, and how how really the body keeps the score it kind of just goes with the title of the book but all that information will be in our show notes that is a book that i highly recommend checking out whether it's just like reading the summary or like reading the whole book i definitely recommend it yeah absolutely yeah all right well thank you for hanging out with us make good choices peace and love